Hey everyone, and welcome to the Imitator Podcast, where we're discussing how to become more like Jesus, one topic at a time. My name's Curtis Henry, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jeremy Sutherland. Hey y'all, excited to be discussing simple obedience with you today, and no, that is not a parenting technique. All right, our headline of the day today is Habits, How They Form and How to Break Them from NPR. Yeah, hey Curtis, I was reading this article, let me pull off a couple quotes from that. You know, the, the author, his name is Charles Duhigg, Duhigg. And uh, he is, his book is called The Power of Habit. And so in this NPR article, they're talking about how habits form. And it turns out every habit starts with a psychological pattern called a habit loop, which is a three-part process. First, there's a cue or a trigger, and that tells your brain to go into automatic mode and let the behavior unfold. Then there's the routine, that's the second, which is the behavior itself. And that's what we think about when we think about habits. And the third step, he says, is the reward, something that your brain likes that helps it remember the habit loop in the future. Um, So how does this work out in our day-to-day life, Curtis? Yeah, um, I've definitely got a very strict morning routine. Uh, When I wake up in the morning, uh, first thing I do is I toss the pillows off my bed so that I can uh, snug my comforter up all nice and make my bed. Uh, then I put them back on, obviously, uh, and I go downstairs and I visit my espresso machine and make myself a, a cortado, oat milk cortado. Wow. Well, actually, I do A2 milk, but we can get into that another time. <laughs> okay. A2 milk, everybody. Get it. Uh, Whole Foods. Anyway, uh, A2 milk's great. Um, so once I uh, make my A2 milk cortado, I go sit down in my chair in the living room and I have my quiet time um, reading and praying and stuff like that. So that's my morning routine. Do you have a morning routine? I do, but how long have you had that morning routine? Uh, It's been, I don't know, probably, oh, I haven't had my espresso machine for that long. Oh, okay. And I haven't been in this house for that long. So maybe like six months or so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it took you a little while to roll into that or just yeah. like one, one day, boom, you're, you're doing all these things. Yeah. Yeah. It was, well, it was kind of a few different challenges that, that got me to that place. But yeah, I, I decided one day and it's been happening ever since. Nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, my, yes, about my morning routine. I, yeah, I, I, I normally set the alarm for normally 6am and try to wake up before the rest of the family. Now with babies, the baby recently and the craziest of life, I'll admit I hit the snooze button a little too often, which normally offsets my day because then I'm not like drinking my coffee, which I brew the night before, whether it's ready and, and, you know, automatic brew and all that stuff. And then I go to my spot, which is currently not available. So <laughs> I'm like a, a sojourner in my own house. Um, <laughs> And yeah, sit and have my quiet time with the Lord, reading reading some scripture, and then having my prayer time. And normally, I'm joined by that time by my one of my daughters, and yeah, and then yeah, the, then have, life happens, you know. Yeah, yeah, I definitely gained a lot of uh, a lot of 
of that of my morning routine from my dad. Uh, when when any of us kids would wake up in the morning, he was always in his chair reading, you know, and so that spoke a lot to me. And I, I think, you know, that's where I drew a lot of my routine from. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I forgot one thing about my morning routine as well. First thing I do when I wake up is I drink a big glass of lukewarm water, mm. drink a big glass of lukewarm water. And then I brush my teeth straight off before I drink any coffee. I have to brush my teeth. Oh, wow. That's that. that I forgot. That's, that is that's what I do every day. <laughs> I don't drink my coffee until I brush my teeth, which is sometimes seems backwards, except I had a roommate who would drink his coffee and then brush his teeth. And, and that wasn't, I don't know. Well, he had bad breath. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah. Like you, my dad, I had that same impression. My dad, I just, every childhood memory waking up, seeing him in the morning, coffee cup in one hand, Bible in the other. And he was just in his chair. Like that was, that was my rock. I remember growing up with. So that's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, also talking about mixed up routines, uh, when I was in high school, I was playing basketball, somebody passed the ball to me and, and hit my finger dead on sprained it. And so I was forced to mix up my habit of eating with my right hand, which I usually would do, but I was eating with my left and just feeling how strange that is eating with the opposite hand and how, I don't know, it just is so weird how, you know, something so small mixes up your habit and, and how off it feels when you're not doing your normal thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same thing. Like, I, I don't know why I do these like experiments on myself every once in a while, but once in a while I'll change it up and try to brush my teeth with my left hand instead of my right hand. And it's the most awkward thing because <laughs> I, I, I'm like scraping my gums. Like I just brushing doesn't go well when I'm brushing with my the opposite hand I'm used to. And even this, for you all out there, try taking a step with the opposite foot that you normally take a step with first. Like I know my, my right foot always leads. So try just taking a step with the opposite foot. So if I try with my left, I walking feels off balance for the first few steps. Mm-hmm. It's so strange. We get in these habits and then it's so hard in a way to kind of break out of them or change things up. Um, and that's part of the trigger, the routine that he talks about. And, and, and then the third step is that the reward, something that your brain just kind of falls into the habit loop. We just get so used to that. We're like, we're so programmed. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so interesting. So like as an example of this three step thing, it's, it's like you, so when I wake up in the morning and I go make my cup of coffee, that's like, that's the habit, right? Or that's the, that's the act. So I wake up, that's the trigger. Mm-hmm. Then the act is me actually making coffee. Yeah. But then the thing that causes me to keep that habit is enjoying that cup of coffee while I'm reading. So like th- that's a very basic example of this three-step thing. And it's, it's amazing how that is how every habit is formed. The trigger, then the actual routine, and then the thing that affirms that or keeps us doing it, the thing that we like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So as this author explains how habits form, you know, he talks about the cue or the trigger, then the routine, and then the reward. How does that apply to us in our our life as followers or imitators of Jesus and using scripture scripture and the prompting of the Holy Spirit as that, that first cue or trigger? And then what and then what's our routine after that when we read or sense the Holy Spirit calling us to do something?
Yeah, so Romans 16 or 616 says, Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. I just think it's so powerful, uh, this verse that draws it out so distinctly for us. You know, we have the option either to be a slave to sin uh, and or we can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Yeah, yeah. Galatians 6, 7 is really f- similar as well. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows that he will also reap. So it's kind of like what we put in, it, it's going to end up coming out. Like you don't, you don't plant an apple seed and an orange tree grows up, you know, like it's, it's those things that are put into our life that come out. And so it's those habits, those little cues, those triggers that, that starts a routine and, and then ends up building from there into that reward eventually. And, you know, I'll even quote Ra- Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said this, at least this quote's attributed to him. He said, sow a thought and you reap an action. Sow an action and you reap a habit. Sow a habit and you reap a character. Sow a character and reap a destiny. And it shows, it's kind of that pattern of how a thought can so easily become, you know, kind of lead to a certain kind of destiny. And as imitators of Christ, we have to realize what the thoughts that are going in, how those affect our actions and our actions affect our habits. So I I see it totally paralleling this, this, the power of habit book and, you know, what we put in is what we're going to get out. Yeah, I I think, you know, it makes me think, that quote makes me think of uh, this idea that I've heard from different preachers, but when the train tracks, you know, a train, two trains can be parallel to each other, but when one train track is like off a couple of degrees, it may start out being close by, but then by the end, you know, a few miles down the road, they're way far apart from each other. And I think you know, making sure that we have good habits, making sure that we're obeying God will help us stay, will will be what keeps us on track and, and in line with Him and keep us from being, you know, miles away. It's those little obedience things. It's those little simple acts of obedience that keep us in line with, with Him. Yeah, those little d- kind of day-to-day obedience that we, we we're either going to obey or not obey, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I look at Luke chapter 6 as Jesus speaking, and he's, um, the verse is proceeding in, in verse 43, it, it, he's kind of talking about a tree will be known by its fruits. But then he goes on to say in verse 46, is he says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you whom he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. It's, we can't just say things. We have, there has to be an action. There has to be an obedience to Jesus and the scripture and the word. Um, And so it's, it's, are we are we feeling the reward of following and having that simple trust and obey obedience towards God and His Word and the whole, the promptings of the Holy Spirit? Mm. Um, yeah, I've totally seen that in my own life in, in times where I haven't 
had, you know, I haven't been obeying God. I hadn't been obeying God on a regular basis. I hadn't had that routine or that habit of obeying Him. And so over the long run, when something big or devastating happens, my foundation is just totally weak because the character is not there. It hasn't been building, you know, with these acts of obedience over time that I'm, you know, totally taken off guard. I'm shaken, you know, all these things. And it's amazing in contrast to that when we are in these habits and we're in this groove of just obedience and simple trusting of God that he, you know, gives us strength in those times where we have this foundation of character and where we can know who we are in him. And it, it makes all the difference. So I think when we do go through difficult times and when other people go through difficult times, that is, you know, an indicator of their simple obedience, how they respond to that, to those big things that come into our lives, because it's those simple acts, those small acts that help us make the right decisions in the big things. Yeah. You know, I think about David and his preparation of fighting lions and you know, fighting all of these animals off in just to protect his father's flock and then him facing Goliath. You know, there was a buildup. It wasn't just, oh, he's all of a sudden fighting Goliath He and he defeated him and he's so wonderful. Is this the simple acts of obedience leading up to that? Yeah. And you think about uh, the prophet Samuel, you know, when he was a little boy, he was since he dropped off the temple and he was left to serve Eli. And he did. He probably, he, he probably went around his day-to-day simply in obeying what Eli was calling him to do, lighting the candles, making sure there's oil, all these little simple things that he could do until the Lord one night, you know, speaks to him. And he, he thinks it's Eli, so he goes to Eli twice. And Eli finally recognizes, no, actually, it must be the voice of God. Mm-hmm. So just say, he, you know, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. And then God gives this crazy message for him to deliver to Eli and how hard that must have been, but he he had this foundation of just simply trusting and obeying that when he had to deliver this message, like he didn't change anything. He didn't think he had to water it down. He just simply said, this is what God said. And, and that simple obedience, little steps along the way led to that simple obedience in that moment. And then it led to a uh, life of simple obedience as well. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Joshua... Uh, Joshua 1, 8, um, and just to preface to that, uh, Joshua was a man of great power and great authority. I mean, he he had all this power and authority as a prophet, um, but he, even he had to do what he was told, you know. It says, stu- Joshua 1, 8 says, Study the book of instruction continually, meaning the Bible. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. So there's this, this preface to prosper, prosper and, and succeed in his life. And it was this idea that he needed to obey everything first. Yeah. Yeah. There's a greater flourishing in our lives when we walk in that simple life of obedience. Right. Yeah. And it just, it's just the natural repercussions of living a godly life, living a life of obedience. Um, and it's not prosperity gospel. It's not, none of that. It's just saying, 
you know, if I'm making, if we're obeying the Ten Commandments, if we're obeying what God says, there's going to be a natural positive impact as a result. Not necessarily that life will be easy or that everything will run smoothly, but our spiritual lives, everything, you know, from that will flow. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, just as a parent, I'm thinking of all the times I, I, I kind of give my daughter's instructions or I say, hey, I just, this is what I need you to do. You know, I need you to go up, up, to, your stair, up, up to your bedroom, get, put your pajamas on, brush your teeth, drink your water, get ready for bed. And then you walk up there five minutes later and they haven't done anything, you know? And so it's like, man, li- life would be so much easier if you just obeyed. And now there's consequences because you didn't, you know, listen and obey. Um, and you know, sadly I have as a parent, now that I've had to bring consequences and, and that, that, you know, we, we have to deal with that stuff. Now it's almost like I have less to give my daughters in that moment where we, had they just listened, obeyed, we'd be reading books, snuggling in bed. Like there's just that there've been a greater flourishing had they just listened and obeyed. And I think that's, and it's for us too, right? Like in, in my life. How many times have I felt the prompting of the Holy Spirit to either give somebody some, uh, you know, some money or a word of encouragement and I haven't done it and I've kind of like has dwelt in my head, like, why didn't I do that? You know, like I, I, I sensed and yet I didn't obey in that moment because I thought I would look goofy or awkward or what, whatever, you know. Um, yeah, I think what you're saying lines up about parenting lines up really well uh, with First Samuel. Fifteen twenty-two. it says, But Samuel replied, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as obeying the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. And just the fact that when we listen to God in the first place, we don't have to go through all of this repentance and because that was the Old Testament way of, you know, sacrificing. So today, you know, we ha- we have to repent and then we have to live with the repercussions of our of our actions. And I think, you know, what what's being said here is just listening to God in the first place or like your daughter's them listening to you <laughs> in the first place. Yeah. I have similar experience with with my son as well. Uh he's two and a half and he is so attracted to the stairs. He just loves the <laughs> stairs. Of course. Whenever the door is open, you know, we have this little sliding door from our kitchen that kind of protects him from the stairs. And whenever I accidentally leave that open, he is gunning it for those stairs. And I, it makes me so nervous every time. And I pick him up right away and, and say, oh, it's dangerous. You know, you could hurt yourself. But, you know, it's, it's, that's, you know, I think that is very representative of our relationship with God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We, what, what, what if our first response in the moment was just to listen and obey, just to listen, and obey. What was that? What, what if that was like our, our trigger and then our, just our habit was just to listen, and obey in that moment. And, and I'm so grateful for the people throughout my life who have done that. You know, you t- tell me about your car, your t- car tires. Cause that was, that was an amazing story. I'm like, yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. So a couple of years ago, it's probably been, now that I think about it, it's probably been four four years ago, maybe five, but I, probably four. Anyway, I had I had this car. I uh, didn't have much money at the time. The car tires were getting super bald, uh, and I 
because my finances are low, I was looking at my paycheck and thinking, okay, well, with what I have, I can either tithe or I can buy a set of used tires and was just wrestling with that. And eventually I decided, okay, I'll just tithe and and trust that God's going to provide for me. Well, I, I tithed and then a few days later, somebody came up to me and said, hey, like I noticed your tires are bald. I'd like to buy you a set of new tires. Wow. And I was blown away, you know, because I was, I was thinking about it after the fact, thinking, okay, well, if I would have bought the used tires and had them put on, my tires wouldn't have been bald. Maybe the person wouldn't have, you know, bought me new tires and just my deciding to obey God. I mean, I shouldn't, I, the fact is that I didn't have that habit of just obeying him right off the bat. So I did wrestle with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but we all do. Know. We all wrestle. I mean, right. uh, and that is, that is one of the things with our money. It's so hard. It's the simple obedience. You know, I, I was challenged by Pastor Steve a while back when I was just, just started to first attend Harvest Church. And he asked me, hey, how, how's your tithing? And no one had ever asked me that. I knew my wife and I had talked a lot about it and we, we gave sporadically, but it wasn't something that like I'd, 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 like I'd put my you know foot to the pedal and, and just just done you know it was like we well we kind of have money for it this month and it and it he totally challenged me and I, I ever since like like okay we're gonna do this and God has provided for our bills God has provided it's just been incredible to see just that simple trust and obedience with our money and and how God's provided you know we haven't had we haven't had to go without yeah yeah reminds me of one day I was living in New Zealand and serving at a church there. And it was, I woke up crazy early, had to be in the city to help at the church at 6 a.m. And didn't have time to make lunch. And I just felt like God said he was going to take care of me. So I just left. I lived 45 minutes outside the city. So there was no way I was going to go home for lunch because I needed to be there all day. And after church the church service had ended, it was around noon and somebody just came up to me and said, Hey, I felt like I was supposed to give you 20 bucks. And they just, they just gave it to me. Yeah. It was just one of those things where they were totally just obedient to God. And it, I'm telling the story today after, you know, six, seven years, because it made such a big difference in my life, you know, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. a simple $20 bill. But, but you know, what we do, it's not just the act, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. so it was somebody. It was somebody responding to that simple obedience, mm-hmm. and I think of of the disciples after the, after the resurrection. It's recorded in John twenty one that they're out all night fishing. They're doing their thing. They didn't catch a single fish, so they're on their way in. Their nets are probably folded. Everything's kind of put away, and and a, a man who's Jesus calls from the shore and says, "Hey, children, do you have any food?" And they answer, "No." And he said to them, "Cast your net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some." And so they just did it. So they cast their net and and it says, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fish. And and just a simple obedience, like, oh, we've been doing this all night, but all right, we'll just we'll just trust, mm-hmm. we'll just do it. And they pull this huge load in. It's like what what blessings are out there if we just simply uh, just trust and obey. We read the scripture, we trust and obey. Like Jesus said, Lord, Lord, may you call me Lord, Lord, but do not do the things which I say. Like, 
how much easier would our lives be if we just simply mm-hmm. tr- trusted Jesus, you know? Yeah. So I think, you know, when the challenge is when we, when we get a trigger or a prompting of something that God wants us to do, whether it's from scripture or the Holy Spirit speaking to us, then to automatically obey and to make that form that into our new habit and that obedience, honestly, that obedience just is, is, and that blessing that we get from God is what causes us to, to keep doing it, you know, and whether we see the blessing or not, you know, that's, that's not the expectation, but the reward is that we were obedient. Yeah. Yeah. And so I just want to wrap this podcast up with praying for everybody who's listening. Uh, and then, you know, Jeremy will, will outro us. So Father, we just want to thank you for each listener. We thank you for this simple obedience, this idea that that you call us into things every single day through your word. And, and we ask that each listener would hear your voice, no matter how many times they've resisted you or no matter how many times they've disobeyed. Father, I ask or, or how many times they have obeyed, Father, I just ask that each person would hear your voice and that they would make a habit of that simple obedience. And Lord, we just trust that you are going to bless people as a result. So we, we thank you and we ask that you will continue to bless us as we move forward. And uh, just thank you for each person who's listening. Amen. Amen. Let me close it with this. Trust and obey. It's a hymn by John H. Samus, and he wrote it in 1887. And the refrain says this, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Hey, thank you for joining us on the Imitator Podcast, where we're discussing how to become more like Jesus one topic at a time. Hey, we appreciate uh, for you tuning in. And if you like this episode, please give us a five-star review and be sure to share this with your friends. And that's all that we have for today. Have a great week. Thanks, everybody.